how do I start this? I think most, a lot of people think that I'm, that when I'm giving a reading, that I'm reading way more into them than they realize, that I'll be seeing stuff about their life and not telling them. Hi there, you're listening to The Empathetic Life of Psychic Media Monique Empath. I'm Monique Empath. And today I'm talking about how vulnerable is a client really when they're sitting in the hands of a psychic medium? How much information does that psychic medium can actually access about them, will access about them, and are they seeing things and not telling the client what they see? I do have a process that when I give a reading, I really just answer the questions people ask. So you would ask me a question and then I would answer. There are times when I have give general readings, but I give those more in a um, in-person, um, one-on-one session. So not online, not video chat, not phone. A session where we've both sat down, come together, Either the person is in my environment where I feel comfortable, it, everything surrounds me is things that I'm comfortable with and it's the most max amount of comfort, or it's an environment that they're comfortable with and then I in- enter their environment, their home, their house, or their office, or things like that. That session is more, um, I used to do those sessions a lot, and at that session, really, there are no questions asked, um, particularly. Um, from the client. It's just me blabbing about all the different things that I pick up in the moment. Those sessions are usually much longer, take much more time. Um, they're, they're very random all over the place. Um, I might be picking up things that so are unimportant to you, irrelevant to you, but I'm picking them up. Um, or I might be picking up things that are important to you and, and very, um, interesting. What happens, I found in those kind of sessions where it's just me rambling, what happens, um, I found that I would sometimes say things that the client really did not want to speak about, um, that they were very personal to the client, they weren't ready to talk about it, They things that they just didn't want to talk about, want, want to know, and it would then it would make the session for the client uncomfortable. Um, and so then what I did at that time, I developed a, like a code phrase I called, um, that if that did happen, if I did pick up something that they didn't want to talk about, they don't want to address, they, they don't want to know, they would have a code phrase, which would be, that's nice. What else do you read? What else? Um, so that would that would let me know in that moment that, oh, that's nice. They don't want to talk about that. They want to switch topics. Um, and then that was one thing that I noticed in those kind of sessions. And then what I also noticed is that after a good 30 minutes of me just going, talking, picking up different things, seeing different things and expressing it to the client, it would sometimes provoke so many questions, so many questions and a feeling of um, overwhelmness. Imagine if somebody just sits down and they're telling you things about 
your 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 family, your life, you, this, that, like all these these things, and some of them are so irrelevant, like oh irrelevant things. Some are are, and some are like very vague, and some are very detailed. And it's it's very overwhelming um for the client. So at the end of closer to the end of the session, then they would have a bunch of questions, even trying to formulate their questions would be difficult or trying to go back and figure out what they what they want to talk about. Um, and I find that was a very overwhelming experience for the client. Now, clients love that for the magic of psychic reading because they would be like, oh my gosh, she picked up all those kind of things. And they would be, they would find it very cool or fascinating. And um, for me, it would, I would be left with great. Now this person has a million questions and they're going to leave the session feeling overloaded, overwhelmed, or, you know, just not, um, not always complete. Maybe they're wowed by the session, sure, but not feeling complete. Like I've just probably opened up things that they, they didn't, necessarily want to talk about or some opened up things that they do want to talk about now and it's just a, a new information um so I find that they would leave the session and um feel overwhelmed and then book another sex a session and then the second session that they would book would be they have questions now and now they want to they took some time and they have some questions they want to go down and answer all those questions and I found in the second sessions that they would have, when they had more, there was often um, certain questions that they had or certain topics that they wanted to dive deep into much more. And I also found that now that they are, um, they've, they've, they've experienced being tapped into so much, certain actual things that are their major concerns in their life at the moment, um, they wanted to address those. So the second session would be them asking questions just to clarify a lot of the things and understand a lot of things that they um, heard from in the first session. And then they would also come in with like, oh my gosh, okay, but this is what's going on and what do you see about this particular situation or I have to make a decision and I just want you to know, want want to know what you see about each decision or what you see about the circumstances and, and those things. They had a more, um, I would say, structured or intentional um, reading. Um, so it would be two things. Then we would tackle the first thing and then start tackling the second thing. And... Um, because we're dividing the time between just random questions that they had and this this really major concern, which was a major concern for them or things that they were really important to, they I realized or I saw that clients felt so much more value in the questions that they had about their major concern. And they would leave the session feeling very full, very... um you know, with so much more perspective, um, more clear, ready to make choices that they feel now that they have to to make with all this information that they've they've gotten or feel secure about choices that they did make. And now they have all this extra information. They feel like, okay, I, you know, I think I'm good. I think, and I found that they felt it was more of a, like a lifting experience, even if the, predictions that I saw about their concern or the perspectives that I saw about their concern were ones that were uncomfortable or things that they 
were fearful of happening, the, the knowledge of or the insight that these things could be happening or it could be uncomfortable in the future, still I found made them feel more secure. It's almost like they felt very satisfied. So the very first session I found where I just randomly talked about what I picked up, I found that they were wowed about it, cool, but it it for me, it's all about how the client feels when they leave um, a session. And yes, it's nice to say, oh, she's cool, but I've been doing this for a long time. I'm very confident in what I see and what my services are. And I understand that these services are services that sometimes make people feel like, wow, or how did that happen? Or cool, or very intrigued. The service alone is one that feels intrigued. So that's not enough feedback for me to understand that the client felt a value for their money. So that's when I started to narrow down um, the, the topics, um, I, I started to narrow down, um, like common topics that clients would ask about, which were relationships, um, intimate relationships and career and family. And, um, those were the main ones that I found that clients kept coming back when they had actual major concerns, they had those kind of questions. So I narrowed it down into those sections. So then when a client books, um, they can choose which topic, um, that they would, that they, they have the concerns about and would address that. And I found that condensed everything so much. The client would get so much more details and their time and their value about those specific topics um, in their session and then feel very full from that. So it's almost like taking chunks of people's um, lives and kind of just tackling it in one area at a time. I find that clients felt more fulfilled by that. What I do notice that happens or what's been happening, and this isn't just recently, this has been happening for a, a long time, that clients will ask a question, maybe it's about um, their job and they would say, do you see me um, moving up the ladder in this, with this employer, moving up and, and getting approached and moving up with this employer? So that's the question we would focus on. And so I would take a look at that and I would answer the question accordingly to that. Do I see them moving up with their employer? To um, ex be do, because the information that I receive is feelings and how I feel about that and how I feel the client would feel, the energy surrounding it, which then creates visual images, um, feelings and thoughts create a visual image um, in my mind. Um, and then I would have to explain the visual image to help understand help them um, help answer their questions. So the question would be, do you see me moving up um, with my employer? So some of the feelings that I can get would be feelings from the employer, feelings about the person's performance, feelings about the employer and their intention to move people up. Um, and this all happens so rapidly. I am breaking this down into like, um, just to explain it in a way that doesn't actually happen. And it took time for me to actually understand what's happening and break it down. And I talked about that in other podcasts that you can go back and listen to how 
I feel a science, a psychic reading actually works scientifically and logically and, and with my brain. So I would be looking at so many different factors of what can constitute somebody moving up and, and just breaking them into fine details and the fine details create a picture. So it's the picture that I'm describing. I'm describing, maybe I'll see, um, I get this image of their boss shaking their hand and they get a new office and then they open up their paycheck and it's more and that they have more people under them and those kinds of things. And I'm just explaining what I see in the picture. Um, so that is what I would present to the client. I do see, to me, that picture, I would um, conclude that picture and that whole feeling to say, I do see you moving up. And I see you moving up because it looks like your boss wants to um, um, move people up. They, they actually are, I don't know, at, at a time in the company where they say, we need to give a bunch of promotions. We want to elevate people and stuff, so I see that happening, and I explain all the reasons why, basically. So it's a lot of information, a lot of detailed information about that situation. What happens that I'm finding is that because it's so detailed, I, I, I'm I understanding that I'm, I'm very detailed about that specific topic. I'm not talking about other opportunities that might come up within the company, which, Maybe the person is going to get promoted up um, within the ranks, within the company, but there's possibly other opportunities that come up that are not naturally moving up in the rank, but maybe other positions that the person could apply to and accept. That could be an option that's happening, but I'm not looking at that option. I'm just answering the question. So then I would see, I would say things like, maybe I would say in the description of them moving up, I would say, yeah, I see that the company wants to move up a lot of people and there'll be a lot of um, new positions being created. And I do see that you start to get elevated and move up. There's other new positions being created. So I find that Clients often think that I'm withholding information from them, that when they come into a session, it's like I'm seeing so many different things about their lives and I'm just purposely only choosing to tell them a certain things. And then they leave the session and feel like Monique probably saw this happening, but just didn't tell me because I just didn't ask. Um, I can understand that. That That's a fair... Um, I can understand that feeling, um, but no, I'm only paying attention to what you ask. So I had to explain it to one client in the sense of, imagine that you have a huge book and this book has, let's say it's a book of 9,000 pages in this book. And each page is a piece of your life. It's a story of things that are gonna happen in your life and each page, so it has pages of what's going on in your life, but each page has like a million words on each page and each word represents um, an episode in that scenario. So you get a page, you open up the page and the first page is, I don't know, your career on Monday, what's gonna happen on your job on Monday. It's not that specific but it can be. But let's just say, the first page is what's gonna happen in your life on Monday, okay? But the words, each word represents um, a, a behavior, a thought, an action. So the first word represents your boss calls you into the office. The second word represents that 
um, you have a great conversation with your boss. The second converse word is that um, your employee asks you what, what, you know, why did your boss call you into the office? The second word is your employee being jealous of your promotions. And there's a million words with each little scenario on each page. And then this is a book of a, let's say 9,000 pages of your life. That is a lot of information. When you sit down, I do get flooded with all these different things, but the idea is that when you focus me in, when you ask a question, what you're doing is focusing me in on that page. It's like typing in a Google search. If you think Google has a million, like think of all the things that you could access on Google. Google doesn't, when you open up your laptop or your phone or your device, Google doesn't shoot all this information at you about monkeys, snakes, people, cars, YouTubers. Like it doesn't shoot all this stuff at you. Imagine if it did, it would be very overwhelming. And even for Google itself, for each individual, for it to tell them everything that is happening on Google and every article and every page and every website for every single person um, that opens up just Google in general. Um, imagine how that would be on the Google system itself. Like that is excessive. So it, that's a kind of what it's like with a reading with me when you sit down. There's all these information that yes, I can kind of, I can look at, but what you're doing is narrowing it down. So I'm going to a certain page in your book and I'm reading what that page is. When you, when you say, or when people feel like, well, I'm seeing other things and not tell them, no, because I'm not looking at that page. I'm not paying attention to that. You have focused me in. I come from a perspective of giving readings that the client has control of what they're going to see, what they want to see, what they don't want to see. I don't hold any power in that or any um, enthusiasm in seeing all what's going on in the client's life um, for, for any reason of mine. And there is no to say that I'm seeing things, but I don't want to tell them. No, you have all the power in the reading. Imagine me like as if I'm the Google of your personal life. <laughs> that sounds so egotistical, but I mean, it's not just me. I'm talking about like how readers in general are, um, the ones that read in a style of mine. Um, so you control what you want to see, how much information that you want to get, um, where you want to um, see it and, and, and what you want to know. You are controlling that. You are coming to me and think of me as a device for this moment. You are coming to this device to get information for yourself. Google does not actually care what you type in your search. It doesn't discriminate. It's not going to, you're not going to type in Google, show me monkeys eating peanut butter. Cause you think that's so funny. Monkeys eating peanut butter. You think that's so funny. It's just like an inside joke. Google's going to say, really? You really want to see monkeys eating peanut butter? Like, isn't that a little bit too immature for your age? <laughs> Shouldn't you be working or shouldn't you be looking at self here? Let me show you what I think you should see. <laughs> Google doesn't do that. I'm not doing that. I don't have any, I've, I've say this and it's a phrase. I don't have a dog in your fight. And if people don't know what that means, it's like, like I don't have any um, motivation or any attachments 
um, to the experiences that you have. The only somewhat experience that I would have is that I want you to feel successful about your psychic search within me, your Google search with your Monique search of your life. Just as I can assume Google wants to know that when you type in search words, that the search words that you type in actually heed the results um, that you're looking for. They want to know that matches. And I'm pretty sure there's someone at Google that makes sure those things always connect and that you don't type in monkeys eating peanut butter and get sharks eating pickles. You get? So that's what makes me feel comfortable is that you um, feel like, yes, I've got some information that I, that I, it's valuable to me that I can take. There are certain questions that I don't um, take a look at. So there's a part of your book and there are certain pages in your book of life, your, your Google search that I would, um, not look at that I could turn to them, but I morally don't look at, and I have personal, um, there are personal reasons. And I, when I say personal, I don't want to mean like me, like I, I'm scared to look at it, but I mean, like I have a, a, a value or a moral, um, my own morals of, of why I don't look at that, those pages or why I don't want to, um, um, <clears throat> I don't want to be a participant at, at any level in that person's, um, experience with on those pages. And those are things like, um, being a mother, being a parent. So not just being a mother, being a father, um, like birth, being a parent, because I morally find that connection between a parent and a child is so sacred. That's a bond that that I believe morally that you have to develop. You have to, it's something that you're gonna be ignorant of and learn and those kind of things. And to, for me to jump in those pages, to me, I morally feel as if there's now an intervention, someone intervening into that special bond, that bond that can only make sense between a, a parent and a child, a child and a parent. Um, so questions about how my child, um, w will I, will I give birth to a child? Um, um, will I become a parent? Will I become a father? Will I become a mother? I feel like that is something that is, it is, it is, it is something that yes, I could take a look at, but I feel that that is something, some things should just be left surprises. Um, there are medical interventions that one can take to find out if they can have a child or to actually create the experience of having a child. Um, so then I look at it as like, well, then what do you need me for? Like you can, there's actually... I give perspectives of what I believe is going to happen, highly probable. If you have an opportunity to actually find the actual fact, like the actual evidence of something, why come to a reader? Like, don't waste your money on that. If you um, can, if, if you think you might be pregnant, why come to me who is going to give you a perspective and a probable, even if the probable is complete, going to be completely accurate and high, you still have to wait 
for the event to happen to actually um, do anything about it, know anything or take any actions. Um, <clears throat> and so you have to go to a doctor. So to me, it's like at the end of the day, it's like getting two, two people telling you, going to be telling you the same thing. But one of them, not only is the, the doctor is not just telling you what their perspective is. They, they can, they can say, mm, you haven't had your cycle for this long and you are showing signs. And when I touch it, like they can do that, but it's an actual test that's done. So the doctor has no control over whether you're pregnant or not. It's this actual thing um, that does. So neither, nobody um, has a personal power to to see those kind of things, only an actual thing. And so that's just something that I, I don't read. And medical things. I'm not a doctor. And there's a lot of people that would um, want to have a psychic reading to kind of understand what might be going on within their body. And um, so they'll just take it as insight um, for them when they do go to the doctor. I do think that's valuable. If I'm <clears throat> having chest pains and, and it feels uncomfortable all the time and I go to a psychic and I say, I'm having chest pains, what do you think it is? And it says, oh, I think you have a... Um, you have asthma. I, I'm seeing that you have you have asthma. The person still has to go to the doctor in order to get um, medical treatments. Even if they choose to go to alternative medicine, um, they still have to actually, we have to actually find out if you actually have that. And and again, while all of us could say, the, the doctor, the alternative doctor, me, can say, we believe it's asthma there's asthma is a thing that you can see. So we're going to go and do a test to actually see it. We're going to actually see it live. So it, it's, um, <clears throat> it, it, it's not anybody's opinion at this point. It's what's actually happening. I'm going to go take you to see the child that is not born yet that you may think you have. I'm going to take you to see the, um, asthma in your chest that we we can't see like i have an ability to actually show you literally what is is happening um so i always think why not do that why pay a psychic when you could just pay a doctor and the doctor um the, you're not paying for the doctor you're paying for the ability to see what is actually going on um so i always think that's for me i just think that's interesting um, I understand sometimes people are going through medical things that um, doctors are having a hard time seeing or having a hard time understanding and things that happen in psychic visions that just don't exist in a, in a real life. I'm iffy about those. Um, those are things that um, I would say continue a person to suspend belief all the time and that's okay, but you have to understand that's what you're doing, that you're, you're continuing to suspend your beliefs or that you're continuing to have um, a, a non-tangible um, experience or understanding of something like angels and, and guides and any other worldly stuff. Um, there is no, it's not something that you see in a material world. Um, 
It's something that you have to just accept that happens in a spiritual world. So those are two totally different ways of looking at it. So again, I have a whole thing that I'm going to do on the medical world combined with the spiritual world and those kind of things. So anyways, that goes back to when I say that some people are suffering with certain illnesses and their their doctors and the medical world is having a hard time figuring it out. So then they look to spiritual um they look to the spiritual world of trying to figure it out. I'll just briefly say that when something is not making when a when doctors or the medical team are having a hard time um figuring something out, that means that could be a lot of reasons why. One, there's certain things that um are not that don't oh, how do I say? There's certain things like um that take time to really figure out, that take a lot of research to figure out and take a lot of understanding to figure out. We want to assume that doctors just know everything and that anything that can be wrong with somebody that they'll just know absolutely, but it, sometimes it takes figure it's it's um it's it's a puzzle that needs to be solved. And a lot of times there's um a a weighing of how important it is to find out the reason for this versus we need to treat your symptoms right away because you're ill and we need to treat these symptoms and if you're if you're if we treat your symptoms and you actually end up being fine and it doesn't reoccur then we don't then we can say that we didn't know what caused that but we know we know that these things worked for you and then it could be um, an intentional um, journey to kind of find that out. But then you would look through medical books and it's it's solving a puzzle. So I find that people would then look to um, spirituality to kind of make sense. Sometimes people are looking to spirituality to not find evidence in the material world. Like, let me look what somebody who's intuitive could see that might be being missed in the real world. A lot of times it's people looking for spiritual reasons for why this is happening. You have bad karma, that's why you got sick. You um, have, um, you had something happened in a past life that's carrying now, you got sick. So those things are answers in the spiritual world that are not tangible in the materialistic world. You would have to believe in karma like that. And you would have to believe in the 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 um, past lives like that, um, for that to make sense to you. And if you subscribe to that, then sure, that could be your answer in a spiritual world. I don't, I try to make things um, um, as, as materialistic as I can. Um, that's just my process. I try to make things materialistic as I can. So then a, 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 a plethora of clients or people can understand it. If, if we're if you believe in spirits and guides which don't have a tangible um manifestation then it's always going to be what you feel about an angel or what i feel about an angel and there can be a lot of miscommunication or different feelings of that which i'm going to explain that to someone, it's like, I would have to invite them into my vision of how that is. So I just stay away from that. So the only things that I would not um, look at um, in your world where you would say, someone would say, I feel she can see that, but she's just not saying it. 
is again, things that have to do with um, what I would morally call sacred bonds. And a child and a parent I find is a sacred bond, particularly because the child does not have a choice, um, that they're gonna be completely dependent on this bond and the parent has a choice. So it's one part, it's, it's, it's like something's attached to you and the way it's going to be attached to you is going to determine the future of this thing. So I don't get into that. I don't go to that page. I don't get into that because that is basically who you are is what is going to create um, this experience with this child, whether you become a parent or not, or whether you do or not. There's so much about who you are and your choices. And again, we go back to that. I don't participate in making any choices for any anybody. I do have a kind of um, personification that children, babies choose their parents. Um, there's a more of a theory in that um, and not necessarily literal because that's again, like how, like I, I didn't, I, I can't go to a baby and ask them <laughs> technically. Um, but when I say that, what I mean is that, um, if, if a child's going to be born to you, a child's going to be born to you. Like if that's going to happen, that's what's going to happen. You have some control over that. Um, again, you could do it. You can have some control with what you chose to do and you can have some control with what doctors choose to do but at the end there's a lot of neurons and energy and it's the miraculous experience of childbirth that comes into it there's so there's a part of that element that i feel is should be stayed sacred another thing on the kind of topic is surprises so if somebody is going to propose to you um and how they're going to propose and when they're going to propose, that is it's supposed to be a surprise. So asking me ahead of time about what it is, it's taking away from the experience. It's supposed to, it, the person is planning it as a surprise, if they are planning it as a surprise. So surprises or gifts, those kind of things, I don't tap into because I'm like, that's the point of it. There's some things that the point of it is is not knowing. And yeah, you can kind of find out, but Again, I'm not trying to control people's choices, um, yours or the person that you're um, doing. So the person there is sitting there, I just want to surprise them. And I'm glad they don't know. And then, and then they go to a psychic reading and they know. Again, we won't officially know until they actually do it. But I'm like, why suck that? Like, why take that from someone if that's their intention? So surprises. Um, are those things that I don't look at. And I have to say, so it's not that I see it and then choose not to tell you. It's that I'm not even turning to that page. I'm not looking at that. I'm not paying attention to that. Think of it as like the dark web. <laughs> so back to the Google search. So Google will show you information um, about stuff. But the, the top Google searches all the way to like even sometimes the 10th page are not showing you the stuff from the dark web. So if I type in monkeys eating peanut butter, I'm going to get mostly um, like what's the word? Mostly healthy-ish 
pictures of monkeys eating <laughs> peanut butter. I'm not gonna get the dark web stuff um, in my search. I have to, I have to, it won't do that. It, it's there, Google can get you to the dark web, um, but it's not, it's not gonna, it's not trying to do that for you. It's not even gonna search that area for you. In order to get to the dark web, you have to enter the dark web first and then you have to search the things that you want in there. So that's what it's like for me. There are certain areas of your life I'm not looking into. Um, I'm not trying to access. Um, so that that I don't. Um, so hopefully that's kind of wrapping up about how I see things. And yes, it's a lot of information that I can see. And I did come from a start where I would in a situation, and I still would, um, may do that, but it would be under event purposes. If I was going to hold an event, um, where I was speaking about psychic abilities or those things, and I sat down with someone one-on-one, -on -one, it's an event. So it's a pretense that that client would understand that this is not an opportunity for asking questions. This is just an opportunity for me giving you that information. And again, it, it's, it's, um, I want the client to, if you have the intentions, you come in and say, I don't have any questions and whatever she sees, I don't have any concern on what what I'm gonna hear or those kind of things. Um, I may do that. Again, it's a little iffy for me because no matter, like once I say something, it can't be unsaid. So it would definitely be something that I possibly do in an event, but right now, no, I'm not, I don't hold sessions in. You control what you see. I guess it would be the equivalent of um, how sometimes Google or YouTube, YouTube and Google together will show you what has happened in the last year or what is the top most searches. Um, and it, it's just showing you that. It's not showing you details of it or any information, just showing you. Um, that that's kind of what it would be like again but when you do that if you're left with questions about oh my gosh I just Google that happened that year let me then you go in and you google more of it so that's kind of what happens so I'm I'm very um cautious about giving readings like that um so as in the sense I don't offer general readings about oh just tell me what you see no, you, you, you type in your search, you, you, you narrow it down and you take control of your life. Don't allow, I don't want you to come to me as if I'm taking control of what I'm going to see and what I choose to do. Um, yeah, so that, that's it. People been asking me, I've been getting a lot of questions of people like, I is wondering if like I'm seeing something and just not telling them. Um, no. Oh, the other part of it is, okay, it is very normal um, for a person to think that other people are more invested in their lives than they really are. Um, that sounds like the person is just like egotistical, but not really. I think it's a normal humanly thing to think like that person is talking about me and they're they're you know thinking more about me 
that I'm comfortable with or they're trying to, you know, get to know me or they're trying to find out things about me. Um, it is just normal for us to people to feel that other people have a bigger window into their lives and that people are paying attention to them and, 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 um, you know, trying to find out information or paying attention to them that much. And I want to say not really. <laughs> There'd be moments in your life where somebody is paying attention to you and trying to find, but generally not. Think of yourself. How invested are you into what your neighbor is actually really doing? You might be a little nosy when you see stuff, but how invested are you into knowing what exactly is going on in their lives? Again, questioning, I wonder what the neighbor does or whatever, is different than actually going over to the neighbor's house, spying on the neighbor, going in there, Think about yourself and how invested you are in anybody's life around you, coworkers, your boss, those things. You're, you're not, unless there's something going on, you just think about how, how you're not, you're not that, you know, you have a whole bunch of people on your social media, on your Instagram and your Facebook. And sometimes you check for that person or check for that person and see what it is, but you're not constantly you might be, but I'm just saying, just think about how much you are, you particularly are invested in that one person's life. Unless they're like a celebrity that you're very fond of or someone that you're very fond of, there's a reason why you are, you know, but just the average person, you're not that invested in their life. So anyways, all that to say is that I'm not invested in your life either. <laughs> My goal is that you feel really good and you feel like you have a value for what you came to seek, that whatever's concerning you or what's bothering you, you, you're leaving more empowered with that. But all the things in your life, because I have the ability to see what might be going on in somebody's life um, on many pages, doesn't mean that I, I want to. I, I don't. I don't have a um, personal investment in your life as a client. I, I, I'm not, I'm there to just do my job and do what I want. My investment is, is that you feel good or you, 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 you've gotten enough insight to give you a greater perspective that that's what I'm invested in. So I'm not, when a client comes in, I'm like, Oh, let me look what's going on there. No. Um, I could say personally, I've seen many things in life. I've had many experiences from dark, dark, dark experience to the brightest, amazing, most um, unusual and very um, uncommon experiences in life and everything in between um, from, from people that would be considered amazing, from people that would be considered really bad, from criminals to... Um, Per high, like great professionals like i i've i've had a lot of experiences and through reading i've read a lot of different kinds of people so there's little that shocks me and 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 i say that like nothing is ever um impossible for me nothing is ever impossible um, I, if you come from, if you're, if you come from a place of not, um, being able to judge things, then nothing is impossible because you can hear something and to you it's, 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 um, it's, yeah, yeah, that happens. Sometimes it might be a first, but it, 
it, it's, it's just humans are, um, I guess you say my, my lucky experience or my inside experience is that I can experience humans on a very deeper level or a complex level. So when you, you can have a puzzle that's just a hundred pieces and it doesn't take you that long to do. And then you can have a puzzle that's 9,000 pieces and there's so many little details. So my experience would be having many puzzles with people that are like 9,000 pieces. So there's just so many different um, probables that can happen. So even if I've never experienced it before, like what a client comes in, it, it makes sense that that's a probable that can happen. So there's nothing that I'm very highly interested in and really seen in someone's life where I would be like peeking or, or looking. No, not at all. Um, I think that's a misconception that a psychic reader, they're being one of a, they're peering into your life, um, and, and can see, and it's very vulnerable. Um, yeah, that makes sense, but you have to understand that I'm not paying, we're not, I'm not paying that much attention to you. I'm not paying attention to you. Um, in my personal life, when I come across people, um, the way my intuition is usually working, it's working in ways that would um, help me, benefit me, protect me, or inform me. So the information that is coming to me intuitively without me um, having to search for information or having to read this person the, just the natural organic intuition are things that, again, are going to help me with this person, benefit me with this person, inform me about this person, or protect me from this person. There's probably a few more. Um, and those are like, um, those are like your natural reptilian instinct. Is this person safe? Can I, can I, can this, can this situation help me? Um, can it benefit me? Um, do I need to know more? And yeah, you know, those are survival things. So those are the things that are coming up. So when I'm with somebody, those are the first things that are coming up. And then depending on my level of relationship with them, um, I may, um, get more insight or start to look for more things. But me personally, I don't know if it's like this for all readers, I don't, I don't try to read the people like myself, read the people that I'm like personally meeting, um, right off the bat. Like I don't meet somebody and then read them. I, I don't, I, I kind of work in a sense of the information that they just voluntarily give me gets, um, matched about matched to what I would perceive. So I'm not looking for anything or, or trying to read them. And then they give me an information and my body would say, oh, that feels good. Or that feels a little off. And it's only at that point, then I'll start to be like, okay, wait, what's going on? But there's nothing, whatever. So again, I guess it's like a, I enter things more confidently that whatever I need to know when I need to know will come up. I don't try to search for it at all. Um, so then, so there you go. So in my personal life, there's not a situation where I'm like looking for things about this person or, you know, searching their lives. I don't. There's a lot of, when I meet somebody personally, pretty much their entire book is closed. And the things that they share with me is 
what opens up the book and and I still don't completely read it um they'll share they'll it's like almost like they have the book and then they just choose to open it up and start reading a page and I just sit there and listen as I'm listening to that page I'm like mm, something about that doesn't feel right mm, or that actually feels more right than they're making it seem and then those things intrigue me and then I'll be left with that impression so that's what I'm going to wrap up with that um that for me my process is that when you come in for a reading you're in control of what you see um you you control what you see or what you do this is your life um nobody else's it's not mine it's not anybody else it's your life you're getting um insight into your deeper subconscious um thoughts and behaviors and things your deeper subconscious thoughts and feelings that would lead to certain behaviors and how they that those behaviors interact with other people and other things in the world and circumstances. It's your story that I'm just, I guess, a tool to be able to get you into those those things. So I'm not there's there's it's nothing about me there's not me holding on to information or anything like i said there's some parts of your book that i morally don't um feel that i want to be a part of at all like even just at all just imagine it like the dark web when i say dark web i don't mean that it's like dark horrible things about you i mean there's just a part of information of you that it's I feel needs in my moral things should remain with you that with you um and and you have to take full full experience of those those choices. <laughs>